snap. So I wanted to do this with a little bit more pomp and circumstance, but I had someone that I was kind of trying to date tell me that my views made me extremely unattractive. So I figured I'd just start from there. <laughs> Welcome back to Finding Good Times. <laughs> Look, this is not a... Um, it's not a commentary on who people should be dating or um, any of that. I don't care about none of that, right? Uh, but what I do want to talk about, actually, let me go back. Some of my favorite things in the world, um, growth, knowledge, understanding, wisdom, um, perspectives that are not my own um experiences kept if you know me you know that you know whether from finding good times or out in you know brooklyn or the city or, or wherever we may have met capturing experiences getting experiences vis-a-vis the camera and all those things a podcast whatever whatever these are some of my favorite things not so much because I want to be on front street, but because I love learning things and talking to people that know things or that see things and that see the world different from how I see it. People that know things that I don't know yet. People that view things in a way that I might not have been, been privy to because of how I grew up or because of, of, of what I've seen or what I haven't seen. My favorite thing, my favorite thing in the world, if you want to break it down to the, to, the, to the real core essential, my favorite thing in the world is conversation. Now, a couple of hours ago, I was, you know, scrolling through the gram or whatever, and um, I was, I landed on uh, Amanda Seals' page, and I love Amanda Seals. I'm not going to say that I'm like an, a constant watcher of her content, but I love her content because she's so unapologetically herself. And a lot of people mistake her passion for um, aggression and abrasiveness. And I'm, I've always said that's the number one flaw in a lot of uh, conversations, right? Because I want to have a conversation with someone that's passionate. I want to have a conversation with someone that, uh, is talking about something that they're willing to fight for, something that they're willing to get in the dirt and, and really want you to understand and really want you to get it. They, they're going to do that. I, that's the type of conversation that I love to have, right? So uh, and so I'm a fan of that component of her, and, and uh, her, her views are very nuanced and um, very informed and love it. So to all of the Amanda Seals haters and the people who would think that I'm an Amanda Seals hater, I'm not. Um, but... I was on her uh, her page earlier and I saw that she's developing a social networking platform or social media platform. And uh, one of the taglines is conversation without confrontation or conversation, not confrontation, something like that. And, and I took an aversion to it because how I converse is via confrontation. Um, it made me... And what I normally do, right, when I have these things and when I'm in conversation, because, look, I love civil discourse. You call it, you call it, some people call it debate. Some people call it conversation. Some people, civil, I love, 
I love, you know, kind of, I, as much as I love learning from other people and other perspectives that aren't mine, I love to kind of push back a little bit. Because the thing is, if you really believe in something, you'll be able to take some pushback. You'll be able to withstand a perspective that isn't necessarily uh, or natively yours and, and still have your own views. Right. So one of the things that I, I looked up on this little etym- etymology app that I have is uh, the word confrontation in it. When you when I looked up the word, it it was obvious where the etymology came from, but um, it might not have been obvious. People don't use it that, that way at all, right? So uh, when you say conversation without confrontation, right? But the etymology of the word, uh, you know, without going through all the Latin of it, it just is with and at the front, right? So. Uh, how it breaks down is the action of bringing two parties face to face for examination and discovery of the truth. That's confrontation. It's not conversation. That's confrontation. In our modern way of thinking about it, we think of it as pugnacious. I want to fight you. I want to hurt you. But that's not the, the the real spirit of the word. And that's not not definitely not the real spirit of what I try to ever do. If I'm talking to you, if I'm having a conversation with you, I can vehemently disagree with you. Doesn't mean that I want to hurt you. As a matter of fact, if I respect you enough to tell you, and it's not just for me, I think this is for everyone. If someone respects you enough to tell you their real uh, what they're really thinking and what they're really feeling, then they, you know, it, it, it might hurt you, but I gain something from that respect. I gain something from that, um, that journey. Excuse me, the rain in the background, y'all, you know, it's a rainy day in New York, which I love. Right. So I think a lot of times what happens is, and again, this is not a commentary necessarily on Shorty or, or, or what happened, but it made me think about a lot of things. Right. Because, you know, I like talking. I love discovering and I love truth. Right. And, and, and I'm one of those people that believes that, um, you know, kind of like the telephone game. If you whisper a secret at one end, it's going to be totally different by the time you get to the other one, right? Or if you, uh, if two people are sharing a story with you, it's going to be her truth, his truth, and what actually happened, right? I like to get to the what actually happened part, but what actually happened, but in order to get to that what actually happened part, a lot of times you got to go through different stories, different people's truths, right? A lot of times to get to where you want to get to, you got to go through, oh, this person said this and this is a little bit of truth to hear, a little bit of objectivity over here. And, and it fits and forms when you take everything, it fits and forms most of the time. You got to have at least four or five different sources. That's why when you're doing a, a research paper, right, you don't just say something from the first source that you get. 
or a newspaper article. You don't just rely on one news source. You got to have different sources, right? But I think one of the things that really uh, agitates me uh, with today is that we have that same type of thinking where it's we want conversation without confrontation. We don't want to get to the truth. We just want our truth. We don't want to talk about a perspective that we don't have. We want the perspective that makes us feel the most safe. We don't want conversation. We want comfortability. Right. We are in a culture now that is obsessed with building safe spaces. I don't like that. Anytime in 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 I don't like one. I don't like exclusivity. Right. We see it. We see a safe space happening now. Right. Whenever you see uh, go on Instagram, whenever you see there's a there's a lot of accounts now where if you try to comment or maybe it's just my account because I'd be saying. (laughs) But uh, um, I think maybe for everyone, like if you try to comment and you're not on a certain list, I guess they say the comments are limited. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But there are a lot of accounts like that. Or there are a lot of accounts that will that will uh, if you disagree with them one time, you could you could agree with them on every other platform, every every meme that they put up, every video, every discussion, every live. You could agree with them a thousand percent or you can agree with them nine hundred and ninety nine percent. But that one percent that you don't agree with them, they will literally block you. Because we're so obsessed with the idea of building these safe spaces where no one challenges us. No one uh, um, gives us a perspective that isn't our own or, or um, no one, no one gives us a reality of perception. Now I want to bring it back to, to the young lady that, um, that I was talking about. Um, so she, you know, she tells me uh, how much she abhors my views and how unattractive they make me, right? And and I assume that, you know, had it not been from my views, she would have been attracted to me, you know, as per what the conversation was before. So, you know, how I deal with a lot of things is I write, right? So I have the, you know, I have poetry books all around the crib and and I write and one of the ways that I kind of internalize what has happened and I get something from it is writing about it and and more recently making videos uh kind of like poetry videos about it and, and I, I think that's cool right um so she sees it and hits me up the next morning I'll put it up I think Friday night she hits me up Saturday morning or I, I put it up Thursday night and something like that anyway um what ends up happening is i call the poem red maybe you've seen it i think it's a beautiful poem (laughs) um but what she tells me is this and i'll and i'll I'll quote it so you know whatever uh the next day no just hi kyle period uh the room was always pink comma it was never red that was your perception now, now, I think she was trying to furthermore uh, back up 
how unaligned we we were and how much my perception to her was anathema <laughs> which is fine which is cool I, I i really couldn't care less i like you know i thank you for not wasting my time um if you knew that we weren't going to be uh aligned anyway uh what i got out of that furthermore though was this i could have said what a b I, I wrote this poem not even thank you not even this you just crapping on the poem telling me the colors not right my per, my perception is off i could have gotten mad at that but instead i say oh wow look at how different perspectives and perceptions can be the story about that was i used to uh we would uh video chat or facetime because covid whatever whatever you know you can't be going on literal dates and so for the first couple of dates or whatever we would go on facetime and you know a couple of these little conversations in she had like a little light uh, like a RGB light, you know, if she didn't want the full light on, she would turn the light on. And I thought it was red. Now, mind you, when I just thought about this. I wrote a poem before that was talking about the red and she never corrected me before. So maybe her correcting me now was like a shady shot. Probably. So if that was a shady shot, girl, good job. You, 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 you got your thing off. That's cool. But that's not what we had to talk about. We had to talk about different perceptions, right? But anyway, <laughs> I, I I had that perception that it was red. So, you know, the next time we spoke, I cut on my RGB light and it was red. Not this one. This one's pink. Uh, it's about to go off too. But anyway, it was, it, um, it was red. So I thought the whole time, yo, this is, you know, it's like a little theme going on here. So when we finally stopped and I, and I like to put up, you know, little, like an exit report. What do you like? What do they call that thing when you leave a job and you say your grievances before you leave? That was my exit thing. It wasn't a grievance, but it was just like, all right, bye. You you cool. Probably not so much now because of what I just realized in my head. But anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> Thinking about that, it made me think of how how many different perceptions and perspectives that there are in the world. It's not just us. Think about, think about where this country is right now. There's 300 plus million of us. Think about where the election just took place, right? There's, there's 70 million plus on this side, 70 million plus on that side. How do you come to terms with saying, you know what, I'm okay with just splitting the country down, down the middle? How do you come to terms with, with, with saying on, on both sides, if you don't agree with me at 1,000%, and if you don't, if you, this is the, if this is your first time listening to me or watching Find a Good Time, you know I say a thousand percent because if you say a hundred percent, in my mind, people only use about ten percent of their thinking. If we go all the way with it, I say a thousand percent. Anyway, if you um, are a thousand, if, if people don't agree with you a thousand percent, if they disagree with you, uh, that one percent is enough to warrant them being blocked. Then we have a problem then we have a problem. See, because, and this is why I get mad, right? And, and, and people, I use certain language sometimes, like liberals and the left and things like that. Not to say that I'm definitely not a, you know, Brexit person. I'm definitely not 
Um, you know, his name Little Wayne. <laughs> if you get it, you get it. Um, but I am a person that you're not gonna shackle me to one point of to one area of thought. I don't vote down a ticket. I don't just say, okay, well, this is how I'm supposed to think because this is how the party thinks. or this is how the side thinks. Or because I'm from New York, I think like this. Or because I'm black, I think like this. Now I'm going to analyze every situation and I'm going to say what I really think. And, 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 And not only how I really feel, but what I'm really researching, what I'm really reading and what I'm really listening to people talk about, right? And one thing that makes me really upset and really angry is is, is uh, people talk about diversity so much. But that's kind of my problem with the whole intersectionality thing, right? Because people want to intersect with you. People want to be a part of you as much as it benefits them. As much as it makes them feel good. And as much as it makes them feel safe, people will always talk about another thing. I put this up, right? People love talking about black lives matter. Let's make more room for black voices and more room for, for black thoughts. Unless those black voices don't fit the narrative that you want them to fit. White liberals, elite liberals, urban elitists, See, because we're all about trying to nitpick and find exactly what we want, what fits the perfect narrative. We don't actually want diversity. We want people that look different that's going to align exactly with what and with what we think and how we think and who we are. It's the same thing when you think about actual diversity in an office. You don't want actual diversity. You just want a per you just want a white person that look black. That's how that's how actual diversity fails a lot of times, right? When you have, um, you know, we always see these ads go out that you know you you think to yourself, there had to be some black person in, or some person of color in this room to stop this ad from going out or stop this uh, idea from going forward or stop this thing from happening, right? There, there had to be someone in the office. There had to be someone in the, an intern, at least there had to be somebody, but this is what faux diversity does. It wants people that look different. They want people that identify on the surface differently, but internally they think like you, they act like you. Right. They have your same perspectives. They, they 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 mold themselves to have your same perspectives. It's a scary thing that's going on with IG now, too. It's scary that you have a bunch of, uh, again, meme culture. You have these memes going around and they're written by people that are. Whether conservative elitists, right, or, or urban elitists or liberal elitists or whatever. And they use this thing to kind of circumvent what the everyday person thinks. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't listen to the, don't listen to the everyday person. I got you. 
I went to I went to this school or that school. So I got you. I am on this board and this board. I got you. I'm a part of this organization and this organization. So I speak for A, B, C, and D. I I went to this seminar, so I speak for A, B, C, or D. No, I don't. Don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, uh, a real black person, right? You know, you have a lot of, and and I'm gonna just say this, right? You have a lot of black. You have a lot of white folk that claim that they are so for the culture, so for the the uplifting of the black community. And don't never, don't never talk to no real black people or not. Let me not say real black people, but don't talk to any, any everyday black people in their life, except if they are serving them coffee or serving them at the thing or, you know, in in some type of work capacity. You don't never talk to no black people in your life that aren't a part of an urban intelligentsia. And you want to talk about how to serve the black community better. Like not like circumventing everyday conversations and staying in these little thought bubbles that really end up being cocoons of ignorance, not ignorance in an offensive way, even though everything's offensive to a lot of people these days, but ignorance in the way where they ignore most people. You're you're, you're looking to a small minority of the bigger group to figure out what the bigger group really wants and, and needs and thinks. When most of the time, and I'll say this about the urban intelligentsia, most of the time they get into those small thought circles and those small positions on those organizations by separating themselves from the urban populace. The be like me syndrome. I, <laughs> BLM syndrome <laughs> whatever <laughs> this is the thing life does not care about your safe space because what safe spaces become is usually one of two things they either become shaming circles where we sit around and we talk about canceling people, talk about how much we should hate this person, how much we should take away from this person for having a thought that isn't like ours, or or it becomes a coddle space where excuse the excuse the expression we're all sitting around and circle jerking each other's ego and saying how right we are you know it's either how wrong they are or how right we are and it's all the same type of people who think the same type of way act the same type of way believe the same type of things and it's never you never get outside of that bubble of understanding to grow in order to grow, connect, nothing grows in isolation. And in order to connect with something, there needs to be a heterogeneous connection. And what I mean by that is not a sexuality thing. What I mean by that is if you look at a charger like this, you have the female side and you have the male side, right? That's just what Apple calls it, right? But what that means is it's, it's two different types of ideas that or two different types of entities that come together to make something different. 
to make something better than what was. Every element is a combination of different things to make something better than what was. So if we only stay up around people who think like us and look, barring the people who intentionally want to cause harm, there are people that want to cause harm. There are people that want to spew negativity. Right. And if you talk to me, you know, I'm never, ever spewing no negative. I'm never saying things just to hurt people. There are people that want to do that. Shame on them. Right. But. Right. Barring the people that intentionally want to be harmful. Right. The enemy is never the person who thinks differently. The enemy is the person who wants to control us by keeping us away from each other. See, because when you when you when you keep people away and when you sequester people. Then you can really warp their thinking. And it happens on the left, it happens on the right, it happens with rich people, it happens with broke people, happens with black people, happens with white people, happens with Spanish people and Indian people and, and Native American people and, and, and smart people and uh, not so smart people and, 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 and educated people and naturally uh, savvy people and, and people that are educated that aren't naturally, that aren't savvy still, it happens to everybody. If people know that they can uh, separate you, they will use that to control how you think. So I say that to say this. When I thought about this young lady, and again, not a commentary on anyone's dating practices or who they choose to date, whether or not I think that I'm a catch. <laughs> what it is a commentary on is this. If you are going to be up around people, if you are going to, especially now that we're, we're going into a time where, you know, we just, we're, we're, we're hopefully coming out of this COVID thing soon, hopefully. And people, and, and we're going to realize how dope it was to have people around us. I challenge you to challenge yourself. I challenge you to be, have a conversation with someone that you wouldn't have a conversation with before. Because sometimes you might come out huffing and puffing. Sometimes they might come out huffing and puffing. But when you get to a place where I'm, I'm really trying to understand you. And again, not people that are intentionally trying to hurt you. Not people that are intentionally not hearing you. If if I'm not listening to you and you're not listening to me, then no, we don't need to be up around each other. But if you but if you're around a person that is willing to listen and hear and understand as well as say their truth unapologetically and unedited and unfiltered, they trust you enough with their truth their truth then y'all can grow from each other and this is what the new finding good times has to be and i'm going to talk more about why i needed a break from it and why we needed to reconfigure and why and and, and where we're going we, we will talk about that but i just needed y'all to know this this is not a safe space this is a space for growth 
This is a space for growth. If you want to save space, go somewhere else. I don't blame you. This is not that. This is not a coddling center. This is not. You're great when you're not. This is a space where we are all going to grow and sometimes growing hurts, growing pains. Sometimes it's not easy. Sometimes it's not pretty. But when you grow and when you organically grow and when you grow uh, intentionally, it's always good. It's always good. Now, I don't know how to end these anymore, but uh, we'll go with the old one. Think good, see good, do good, and be good. And look out, we have a lot more coming your way. Thank you for having me back. Peace. Good people, don't forget to follow Finding Good Times at Finding Good Times on all platforms, at Finding Good Times on all available platforms, and of course, FindingGoodTimes.com. Keep following, keep sharing, keep reposting. Most importantly, keep being good. Love y'all.